Hi, this is Steph Reed, and welcome to the Autism Spectrum Teacher podcast. This episode is a recording of a Facebook Live that I did this week talking about supporting children at home through our current COVID-19 crisis. The Facebook Live took part in a group which is called Act of Kindness Coronavirus Jersey, which is a support group for people on the island of Jersey providing positive support, and that's where I'm from. So I took this opportunity to talk to parents and carers about potential strategies that could be helpful for families with children with special needs and thinking about spending all day at home and potentially more time to come. I also answered questions that came up during the Facebook Live and I thought there were some really helpful things that came up so I just wanted to share the recording with you. Some of the themes I talk about include trying to keep ourselves calm and managing the anxiety within the family, creating calm times throughout the day, doing some movement breaks, the importance of structuring the day, how a dedicated workspace could help some children focus on some of their learning tasks from school. I speak about practical learning and ideas of some learning activities that you can do at home, making sure that the children are moving throughout the day, using visual structure, the use of social stories to help the children's understanding about the situation and why they perhaps can't see their friends or their family or do the things that they normally do, using children's interests to engage them in their learning. I speak about transitions within the home, being consistent and what that means and the impact that it can have on on the children and I also mentioned some helpful resources that may be useful for you and for the children of course everyone's needs are so different our circumstances are so different we've got to do what's manageable for us and most importantly we need to make sure we're taking care of ourselves and our children that's the most important thing above everything else We need to try not to get stressed. I've seen some families getting really stressed about doing everything else as well as home learning. Do what's manageable for you and your circumstances. I hope you enjoy this recording from the Facebook Live I did this week all about supporting children at home when they're unable to go to school in a crisis such as our current COVID-19 crisis. I hope you find this useful. And here's your host, my favourite teacher, Steph Reed. Hello. I think I think this is live, so I'll I'll start. First of all, my name is Steph Reed. I am an autism specialist teacher and consultant. And firstly, what a wonderful group. Well done to all the admins fantastic support and everyone being involved we're clearly living in some you know very difficult and unpredictable times just to give a quick introduction I'm Steph Reed and I was born in Jersey I grew up in Jersey I now live in London and my background is teaching mainstream teaching in autism specialist schools 
and also I've been a special needs coordinator, so a SENCO, and also I developed a program for outreach support, so supporting schools to develop their autism practice, and I've been involved in some international projects as well, so developing an autism education program in Oman, in Muscat. Right, so, yeah, I was, as I was saying, we're living in some really difficult and unpredictable times. And, of course, it's really challenging for all of us, but especially those who have additional needs. And, of course, everyone's situation is different. Everyone's needs are different. Everyone's family is different. Therefore, we've got to really, you know, think about our circumstances and what's manageable for, for us in the situation that we have. Some people have more access to more space than others. So, yeah, really thinking about, I guess what I'm saying is we don't want to get stressed because stress for the family, stress for the parents will only make the children stressed. I learned this very quickly in, in my career. I've taught a lot of children with very high sensory needs, high communication needs. And, you know, I could sense or I could tell, you know, if I was feeling um, relaxed and confident, I could see that, you know, the children felt safe around, around me. If I was not feeling, you know, maybe there was a day that I, you know, I wasn't feeling myself, you know, I could see from, uh, I'm thinking of one child in particular, he would be, it, that would make him anxious. Now, we've got to think about, I mean, I know it's very, very difficult and very challenging circumstances, but if we can be calm ourselves, that's going to have a big impact on the children. Firstly, it's, it's really important to mention that, you know, for a lot of our children and young people or adults, they're gonna have a lot of uh, professionals involved. And, you know, of course, use all of that information you have in terms of um, supporting them at home. You know, some families have so much paperwork in terms of advice from professionals, but, you know, go back through it, use it, there'll be some, you know, things that maybe you can implement at home. Yeah, I just thought I'd mention that because that's really important because everyone's needs, again, is so different. And going back to being, you know, being calm and having a sense of calm at home, there are maybe some things that, that can, be, can be implemented. For example, maybe doing some calming activities together now, when, when we think about, be, about calming activities, you, you can almost look at calming activities on one end of, of the spectrum, and then you have alerting activities, which are those things that make us really energized and um, you know, lots of movement. And we can support children's sensory needs by using these different types of activities. And it might be helpful to think about times in the day that you have maybe some calming activities that could be listening to some really calming music or maybe it's doing some some uh, massage 
on the hands with some cream or maybe it's reading a book. It depends on, on the child or, or your family. What are some calming activities that you can implement during the day? It could be multiple times a day, you know, to, to support the regulation of the child and have that calm time. And likewise, it's good to think about other times in the day where we can make sure we have some movement and some, um, some active awakening activities. Maybe that's doing, doing a YouTube exercise video. There's loads, there's absolutely loads that are free to watch. I saw a really great children's yoga movements one. I can uh, post a link to that as well after. Let me write that down. So times in the day where we're doing some movement and times in the day where we're doing some calming activities. What's going to be really, really important for everybody, um, especially those with additional needs, is having a structure to the day or having some routine. So, as I mentioned, we, you know, we can have some times in the day where we're doing some calming activities, sometimes in the day where we're doing some um, alerting movement activities, things like, um, you know, maybe it's even rolling a ball to each other or doing some star jumps. If we can make a predictable or kind of consistent routine, this can obviously help the children to become familiar with something that's going to happen. For example, school is incredibly structured, inc incredibly routine-based. If we can not, not, do not try and do a whole school routine at home, it's, it's not needed and it's gonna be very stressful. Of course, let me just say here, your schools and your teachers, of course, will have given you all the information to support your, your child with their learning. This thinking about the actual routine and how it's implemented is really going to help the, the child to understand what's coming next. So if we can implement something that maybe follows a similar pattern each day. So we're breaking up the tasks and we're going to provide some, some clear uh, routine. So let me give you an example. There was a parent that asked a question before about supporting her child to focus on some learning tasks at home. It was mentioned about implementing a visual structure in the environment. So we're making it really clear to the child that this is where we're going to do some, some work or some learning and making it really clear that we're doing two activities and these are going to be in maybe in boxes or they're in wallets and when you look at that uh, in the environment so for example maybe it's a desk or a table having that space and implementing a visual structure so that the child becomes familiar that this is going to be a space where I'm going to be doing um, some learning activities Having said that, it doesn't mean that that's the only space that you can do the learning activities. And I want to stress the importance of practical 
learning. And there's lots of opportunities at home where we can implement practical learning. And of course, it really depends on the learning objectives and learning outcomes specifically for your child. So it could be that, let's take counting, maybe they're doing some uh, counting activities provided by a school or your, or your teacher's spoken about some counting activities. And then to support the child to, to generalise that learning, it'd be great to do some um, practical activities. Maybe it's counting the plates on the table or counting the, the clothes. Maybe it's going to be something, maybe it's a turn-taking activity. Um, doing some turn-taking. Maybe there's going to be other opportunities throughout the day where turn-taking can take place maybe with siblings or going back to what I was saying before about that routine being so important. Maybe it's doing a turn-taking activity at the same time every day. And don't be afraid to, to repeat activities or repeat things that you're doing actually that gives us gives an opportunity for the child to become more familiar more settled with doing something especially because it's it's all new we're doing this doing some learning at home and also gives the opportunity for the child to maybe do it with less support the next time you do it or maybe it's going to be yeah doing it more they might be able to do it more independently Please ask any questions. I'll try and help as much as I can. But let me just go back over the points that I was making because I, th I think it's good just to think about things that could be helpful and how they could be implemented because our situation right now is just so different that I've seen a lot of families getting very stressed and this is obviously one of my biggest concerns. Do what's manageable. So it might be that you start off with, if we're thinking about um, the home learning, maybe you, you could just start off with doing one thing or one learning activity. And maybe after a couple of days, you could build it up to doing two. And then maybe after a couple of days, build it up to three. What will really help alongside this and you may already do this, you may um, have seen this at school, is presenting this in a way that's like a visual structure. What we want to do is try to help the child to understand exactly what is, it, is going to happen and what's, what's expected in that session and when it's going to end, because this can be... Um, it can cause quite a lot of anxiety and to support with all of those things it can help to have a visual structure which could be you know just drawing drawing the different things on a piece of paper maybe it's finding some pictures um, from google of the different activities so let's just i'll just think about some of those things that i've just mentioned before so it, so for example if you were setting up a routine to implement some calming activities, some learning activities, and some kind of awakening, alerting activities. Maybe you want to have a visual structure that looks like, maybe it starts off with a massage. So you could have a picture of, if you have access to using 
using the internet, you can Google a, a picture of massaging hand. Maybe you want to take a photo of you doing it with the child. Maybe you just want to, to draw it. So you could have that. Then maybe the first learning activity is uh, reading a book. So you could have a book. Maybe the next one is counting, counting, picture. And then maybe you're going to finish off with doing some rolling the ball to each other. That's just an example, but having it in, in pictures, you know, you'd have the images, these are some symbols, but to show the child in a way that's going to be meaningful to them. Some, some children may, you know, may look at a symbol and not get much meaning from it, but they might get more meaning from an actual photo. So maybe you want to take a photo of it and make a timetable. Teachers and teaching assistants, do you want to feel really prepared and equipped to meet the diverse needs in your class? Do you want to effectively manage, de-escalate and minimise behaviour that's challenging? Do you want to confidently and effectively lead your team in the classroom to maximise impact? Or do you want to stop spending lots of time looking for resources and strategies? Then I'm here to help. Autism for Teachers is an accessible anytime online training course designed to help teachers and teaching assistants meet the holistic needs of autistic children and young people. After consulting in lots of different schools as an autism specialist teacher and advising hundreds of teachers and school leaders on high quality autism provision and practice, I've put together Autism for Teachers to give you an easy and accessible way of gaining the practical strategies and resources that are going to help you effectively support autistic children's learning. Expand your knowledge of autism, developing communication, supporting sensory processing, emotional regulation, behaviour and social interaction with a comprehensive resource base of bite-sized videos featuring lots of practical ways that you can help and support children's learning, progress and well-being. Perfect for busy teachers. You can gain a toolbox of evidence-based strategies and skills, as well as downloadable resources such as visual support, like timetables or editable documents like behaviour support plans or classroom organisation. We also have packages for schools. Come and join now at autismspectrumteacher.com to get started straight away. Hey Tegan, any tips for an autistic seven-year-old who now won't leave the house at all? And do you have any idea why your seven-year-old doesn't want to leave the house? Is it due to anxiety around the situation? Is it around the understanding of the situation? This is the thing, I guess if we can understand the reasons behind a specific behaviour or if a child is doing something and sometimes we can, we can work out straight away why they're doing something. You know, we're recognising that as a form of, of communication and understanding, okay, so that child is doing that. That can help us to think about how to help and support. For example, if it is going to be 
because it's it's it is a very difficult difficult situation to understand because it is so unpredictable. Now there are some really good social stories. The one that I just held up before. I'm going to send right. So if I put a link in here, this is Sheffield NHS. They've done some really really good free resources that are accessible to children. Of course. It depends on, on, on your child's needs. Let me put this link here. There's some really good resources to help children to try to understand this situation and the, the reasons why we're having to stay at home, how we can help ourselves. I'm just wondering whether, Tegan, that is the reason do you think due to, due to that anxiety of, of, of the unknown? I would highly recommend these stories on that link and talking about it if the if if your child can in a way that your child can understand it's as I mentioned earlier it's it's the way that we are going to if we're really anxious and and showing that that could also make everybody or the children also feel anxious about that so it's it's very difficult but it's also recognizing is there something that we could help to make ourselves feel calm in such a uncertain situation i don't know whether that was helpful tegan um but any i'm trying to think if there's some some um some other resources if your child is used to using symbols at school widgets are doing free access to their online program which is really good because quite often it can help our children to uh, to understand lots of different situations uh, maybe social situations or things that are coming up through the use of story and and very personalized stories you may have heard the term social story. So that could be, for example, writing about a situation in a way that hopefully that, that child may understand. So I've got a few examples of some social stories that I can also share with you. If, if that would be helpful, please just send me a message. Tegan, perhaps a social story on it's okay to go out for exercise. Exactly. These... I think um, with social stories, we can make them as personalised as needed. I love to use lots of pictures and, and images in my social stories to really help the, the child to understand, but I think that's a really good comment you've just made about it is okay to go out for exercise. It is okay to, to feel a bit anxious about the situation because we don't know when we're going to go back to school just yet and I think that's that's quite an important point as well is to we've got to be careful to be very truthful um, and to not say things that are we know are not going to happen or we don't know so for example we don't want to be saying to a child we're going to go back to school in in July or whenever because we we don't know and we don't want to give misinformation but to to help a child to 
understand those feelings and to know that it's okay that we might be feeling a bit worried or a bit sad um, because things are very different and we can't see our our family and we can't see our friends but sometime we will so yes just going back to the personalized stories you can do that by you know writing on a piece of paper you can do that by typing and putting a, a an, an image and the aim is to really help the child to understand any any kind of situation i have got a couple actually i've got a few about keeping ourselves clean um, my website is autismspectrumteacher.com um, but of course please just send me a message if there's anything specific that i can be of help with at all yeah i mean we're all of our children are have such um, unique needs that we of course have to tailor what we're doing to to their needs i mentioned before about kind of thinking about the routine of the day or the structure of the day and helping our children to to know what's coming up next maybe it's having those specific times where you're doing certain activities maybe some to support sensory needs I've also got a guide that took me a, a long time to write, but I'm, I'm giving it away for free on my website again, autismspectrumteacher.com. And it's got some ideas about some different, different activities to help with sensory needs. And these can be done at different points in the day. Uh, and, and, you know, I think if we can try and see a positive in, in, this at all in terms of having some you know special time with with our loved ones and you know maybe it's just thinking about what do the children really enjoy because those are the things that are going to engage and motivate them and when we can use them in their learning as well they it's just going to be really effective for example you know, if your child particularly enjoys books or particularly enjoys using Play-Doh, you can do all parts of the curriculum through Play-Doh. You know, make maybe it's making some words out of Play-Doh. You've got your, your fine and gross motor skills. Maybe you're doing some counting with Play-Doh. Using the children's interests, maybe favourite characters, this can be engaging and motivating because if what we don't want is a struggle it will be really effective if we can grab the children's attention by whatever it is um you know those things that are really going to motivate motivate them transitioning from one activity to a num uh, another being indoors a lot so if we think about our children and transitioning what the aim here would be to support the child's understanding that it's now this is one has finished and now we're moving on to this next activity having something visual like an object or a picture but we're at home with let's think about objects because objects of the next activity so for example if you're if you're doing um some maybe you're doing some puzzles on the floor and the next 
the next activity is going to be some snack. Maybe you're going to take that plate over to the child and show them. So you're using the object of that activity to support that transition to the next one. So it's thinking about something that we can show the child about the next activity. It can really, really help. And whether you have access to a sand timer or a countdown or using that visually, maybe it's going to be doing a, a countdown on your fingers to support that ending of the activity. Maybe you're going to do it really slowly just to give the child enough time to, to process that instruction and to finish. So maybe it's going to be 10, nine, <laughs> you get the picture. So to, to do a really gradual transition to stop and maybe it's puzzles have finished, put the puzzles away and the transition to the next activity, ensure you have something that you can take to them to, to support that transition to the next one. Do you have any tips on phrases to use using visuals that you recommend? In terms, it's that's quite an interesting one in terms of phrases. Now, what we're aiming for is, in all this unpredictability, we're aiming for some consistency. Consistency is going to be really helpful to help that child to feel safe and to know that things are going to happen, not necessarily in the same way, but know that for example, when you say it's finished, it's going to finish, or it's snack time, we're going to have snack. So using consistent phrases, I'm gonna try and think of, think of an example. So especially when we're thinking about transitions, if one day I stop the puzzle with my countdown, but then the child continues to, to use the puzzle, the next time I try and do this, it's going to be ineffective because I wasn't consistent by following through with my uh, countdown. If I'm, if I'm really consistent and I do my countdown and the puzzle's finished and we put the puzzle away and then the next time I do that and the next time I do that, it's going to support them to know through that consistency what's going to happen. And that's really important, consistency in, in what we do consistency in what we say so if I'm if I'm using phrases such as okay uh, the puzzle has finished and I use that same phrase each time that's going to really support again that consistency whereas if I use a different phrase if I if I say I'm I, the thing is all of this that I'm talking about is so dependent on the child's needs so of course we need to think about this in relation to what our child can do and what they are used to at school so of course any you know any of any of these strategies that you've spoken about with your teacher you know that that that's helpful for that child because one strategy can be helpful for one child and and not for another are you a parent or carer looking for ways to help your child's development are you looking to upskill your own knowledge to help you better advocate for your child? 
There is a lot of information out there and I certainly know it can feel very overwhelming trying to navigate it all to find ways that are really going to help your child and their progress. Autism for Parents is an accessible anytime online course full of bite-sized videos and downloadable resources, giving you lots of practical ways and tips that you can help your child in the areas of developing communication, sensory needs, behavior, emotional regulation, transitions and social interaction. I'm also offering further personalized support with myself, Steph Reed, an autism specialist teacher and consultant to help you identify tailored ways to help your child. Come and join now at autismspectrumteacher.com. Any activities to wear out a very hyper autistic and possibly ADHD nearly four year old as he is getting super aggressive. Okay, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry to hear he's, he's getting aggressive. So something, something is upsetting him and maybe it's great that you're thinking about some activities to use some of that, that energy. It would be really good to maybe think about during the day, at what times can you implement some physical activity? Now, physical activity can be um, what we would think of exercise. So we could do things like, we could do a series of jumping jacks. Uh, we can do maybe a little um, circuit in the room. Maybe if we have a garden, we can do some, you know, jumping or uh, these types of movement activities. If anyone did Joe Wicks this morning, he was doing some, uh, some Spider-Man movements. Um, these type of physical movements, can we implement them in the day? But also, and I would say, do it often. You know, you could even do it. For some of the children I teach, I will implement some physical uh, exercise breaks very regularly through the day. So it could be, you know, every hour doing a few different exercises, having them on a visual, you know, pictures, having them on a board so that the child can see exactly what we're doing. We're gonna do this. Do it with the child. Do, if, if you can, do some, um, you know, some of these physical activities together. Alongside that, is there anything in terms of, I think it's really important to mention here that Research is showing us that when children are moving and, you know, and they're having fun, they're le they learn better. So movement is great to use in learning. So it could be, you know, doing some cooking every day if they, if they like cooking. Maybe it's just, um, you know, mixing in a bowl, uh, kneading, you know, making Play-Doh is a great activity. If you have those, those resources, again, using those those physical movements. Uh, maybe it's we could we could take some learning. So maybe uh, maybe I'm just thinking of uh, maths. Maybe we can do jumping and counting. So we can do again, dependent on on where your child is in, in their learning. Um, maybe we can do some counting. Maybe we can do multiplication. Maybe we can do some sums and and we have to 
jump that many times or we have to throw something in the in the uh, buckets or bins with different numbers on and maybe we can do you know the throwing into the right number thinking about thinking about how we can use movement throughout the day is it going to be doing a fun science experiment so the the point is to support a child who is very active if we can implement some activities throughout the day where that's involving movement um, also think about the calming activities as well so it might be that actually what what your child may benefit from and is thinking about those things that help to calm calm him so whether and every child is different so whether that's going to be you know listening to some very calm music Maybe it's going to be reading a quiet book or, or looking at some favorite photos together or a massage. Maybe it's some sensory exercises. If you, if you have an occupational therapist involved, if there's anything that has been uh, specifically thought about in relation to your child's sensory needs. Um, but yeah, those calming activities can be really helpful to help to regulate those sensory needs and just to relax the child so i kind of like to think about it as strategically implementing these types of different activities throughout the day so those kind of physical alerting activities um, exercise those big movements and also calming activities to help the child to calm down and have some have some have some uh, quiet time, we the physical stuff we're struggling with getting him to do anything as his concentrating is so poor. Developmentally, like a two-year-old apart from maths. So love your maths idea. Good. We also have two-year-old and baby, so it's when I do anything with them, he gets aggressive. Yeah. So it's 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 that yeah the situation with um being together at home is there time where you can have time specifically for him and he knows that maybe it's going to be on a visual schedule i'm just trying to think how this would work but maybe um, if you have that time where you're doing something that he loves and he knows that he's got that time with you, getting that attention from you, uh, I wonder whether having that displayed visually, so for example, he's got that time with you doing, he's got, he's got your attention, and then maybe afterwards he can do something that you know he can self-occupy so that you can do you can be with your other children. I don't know whether that would be um, whether that would be helpful. Trying to make things really kind of predictable, and maybe that that thinking about that routine when things are happening at what time can having that that one to one time with you. I think what's really important, and it's it's very difficult for all of us, but that structure 
and what's happening in the day. If you write down all the things that's happening, you know, everything from having lunch to um, to having a bath to uh, brushing teeth to then all the other things like some physical activity, some calming activity, maybe it's some um, some of the 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 school learning that that's been spoken about with your teacher if you have all of these things and you put them into um, maybe a daily timetable for yourself so you know when all these things are taking place at what time whether that's going to be helpful just to break things down and then maybe having that time specifically for you you have that one-to-one -one time so your child is having that attention and then structuring into the day so you know exactly when that's happening and also if it's going to be helpful for the child to have presented visually to help their understanding of when those things are going to happen. Uh, I mean I know it's even been challenging for myself thinking about those times when you know to make sure that I'm having some physical movement and, and those types of activities. So if we can make sure the children are having that time and, and like we were mentioning, whether that can also incorporate some of the, the learning outcomes and learning intentions for your child. And then also those calm, calming activities, time where maybe as a family, maybe it's going to be individually, um, the child is taking, having that time to really kind of regulate and, and, and having that calm time. I mentioned before actually about if your uh, child or young person or adult is familiar with using symbols, the um, uh, widget, which is a common set of symbols, they're actually these ones on the social story that I was showing you. So they're actually uh, giving free access to their symbol writer program. I'm gonna just put a link up here now. So here we go. And if you use the code that I'm just gonna post, you can get free access to making symbol resources. And it's really great, I use it all the time. You literally just type in the word and then the symbol comes up. So therefore you can make some really personalized resort, visual resources which may help uh, your child with, you know, maybe some, some stories to help them with understanding what's, what's happening. Maybe it's making a, a timetable. But of course, some children will take meaning from symbols. For others, maybe it's best to use photos or to use objects, something that's going to be meaningful to, to them. Another thing that I've been speaking to parents um, a lot about, which may be a, a, a nice activity to do, is to, to make a book with, with your, your child or, or young person which could involve photos. So for example, taking a photo each day of something they've done and then put, sticking it on paper, or maybe you want to make it on the computer. Um, but this is a really good opportunity for 
uh, encouraging that communication um, or talk or uh, and so for example if I've got a uh, a photo it could this is my photo so if I if I make maybe I'm doing one every day and, and, and sticking in a picture or doing it on the computer to look back through this each day we can encourage maybe it's talking about this photo maybe we're just looking at it together um, and maybe we're you know as we go go you know further on it's going to build up and have more photos maybe if your child's at the stage of writing they can um, write about what's happened or maybe they want to write a story uh, I think kind of making books uh, and using photos of things you've done is a really great way of, um, of, of opportunities for communication. Please let me know if you have uh, any questions or at any time just, just please send me a message. My, my website is autismspectrumteacher.com and as I mentioned before I've, I've just written a guide to meeting sensory needs so uh, I'm giving that away for free at the moment, so please, please go and get a copy. I've written down a few resources. If I've mentioned anything during this time that you think that would be really helpful for my child, just, just uh, let me know. We will get through this, and yes, we, we can do this together. And that's the live recording come to an end. I hope you found something interesting or something useful. Please share with anyone who you think this may be of help to. And as I mentioned, if I can help in any way, please ask me any questions, send me an email to steph at autismspectrumteacher.com. I do offer online or over the phone support. So please send me an email about that. Or there is some information on my website, autismspectrumteacher.com. All the links that I mentioned in the recording are in the show notes on the podcast episode. You can also see that on the website, autismspectrumteacher.com. You can find me on all social media channels. So Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn and YouTube with the username Steph Reed Autism. So come and connect. I'd love to hear what you think about the podcast. So please leave me a review on the podcast platform, whichever platform you listen to. This will also help more people find the podcast, which will be really good because they may find this information really helpful. Make sure you've subscribed to the Autism Spectrum Teacher podcast so that you get the next episode straight to your device. Now be safe, take care, take care of yourselves, take care of your family do what's manageable, and we will get through this, okay? Bye-bye. <laughs>